What's up, everyone? It is 2022. You knew that. We're already in February right now, and we are here in beautiful Connecticut. Indeed. And I am here with my amazing co-hosts, Erica and very, very handsome sound guy, right? The most Aww, handsome. Thanks, babe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Erica, you look handsome as well. Oh, thanks. I, I try <laughs> every morning. Every morning. Am I handsome enough for Matt? I don't have oh. to try. Yeah, it's just not. It's yeah. true, right. Actually, it's, it's funny. It's I did like see that. both of you get ready this morning. Uh, full disclosure, we stayed over in Connecticut, New Haven, yeah. West Haven. West Haven. Or North Haven. No, it was, it was West Haven. West Haven? Yeah. Yep. It was a lovely Hampton Inn. It really was. It was quite um, nice. Quite a charming continental breakfast we mm, had this morning. Indeed. Uh, but I have to say, I couldn't even look at food this morning, but I still ate. Like, <laughs> I ate, Ryan, how much food did I eat last night? Um, so, all of it. yeah, metric, metric <laughs> fuck ton yeah, of, metric <laughs> of food. Let's, let's see. You had all the pizza. Yeah. So we went to Sally's of Pizza. Yeah. Which, so. in my opinion, is the best pizza in New Haven. It was great. I don't know. Do you agree or disagree, Phil? Ooh, interesting. I'm modern than Sally's. So we are right okay. around the corner from modern. So I think we do probably have to grab a slice or something. So we got the potato pizza. Yep. And then a cheese pizza. Yep. They call it tomato pie with, with cheese, but oh, whatever. Whatever. Classic. I didn't it tell you great. guys that. I just didn't know. <laughs> then on the drive down, Matt was like, I really want a steak. And when we rolled into the Hampton Inn, there's a Texas Roadhouse right next to us. And I honestly got did I honestly got did not know that they were I I'm, I would called bullshit on it and I'm like, There's no way he didn't know, but knowing Matt, he probably didn't know. And if you follow us on Instagram, you know that I have a love for Miller Highlights. Lately, anyways. <laughs> just not lately, my whole <laughs> life. I mean, like ever since I was like a baby, I've evolved them. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and they had it on tap, which I'm going to say it was really diacetyl, though. It was really diacetyl. <laughs> it was old and popcorny and buttery tasting. But we still But, anyways, down, we the steak down a was great. <laughs> yeah. So I probably ate a whole pizza, a steak, french fries, a salad, all the rolls, all the rolls, all the rolls. Ryan didn't even have one of the rolls. No. And um, I'm here. And a bunch of beer. I went to bed. And whiskey. And whiskey. And whiskey. <laughs> so we're here. Matt got drunk off of a shot of whiskey and a beer and a half. I did. And then this morning I cried in the shower because I was It was a beautiful hungover. moment. I haven't been hungover in a while. I forgot <laughs> what it felt like. And listen, all I needed was a little bit of my supplements, vitamin B12, vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, all that a stuff. A little shower poo. A little shower poo. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. So we're here. Uh, and we're here with Phil from the Connecticut Brewers Guild. Dun, dun, dun. Which... Sounded like a mouthful to me, but it really, it's not. <laughs> like it's not. It's not. Um, and I'm excited to do this. Uh, if you've listened back, we've done uh, Black Blonde Brew. We've done um, Epicure, Epicure, um, and other Connecticut breweries. And I think we kind of all universally were like, we need to interview the Brewers Guild because there's a lot of laws in Connecticut that I wish would go to other states, and I think would benefit a lot of the other states, um, and vice versa, right? I think every state has something that like. If we could take all 50 brewer guilds and make like this <laughs> ideal state called Brewtopia, Ooh. like where there's, I, I don't think there'd be any rules. I just no, think it would just be like no mayhem. Because like, <laughs> everyone be probably has like the this beer would be rule. great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, specifically the New England beer scene, I think um, a couple of the rules would benefit everyone uh, in New England. Um, and especially, it just takes, um, not just beer, but it also takes cider, it takes distilling, mead, um, and so on and so forth, and brings it together and builds an awesome ecosystem for uh, the beer scene. So we're going to get into this. So Phil, why don't you introduce yourself, yes. uh, your role at the Connecticut Brewers Guild, Ooh. and how you fell in love with craft beer. Very good question. Uh, yeah, so I just want to first off thank you all for having me, uh, what you've been doing for uh Brewing, um, providing platforms for them to, to talk about themselves, the history, uh, you know, the story behind the glass, uh, things like that. So myself, um, the executive director of the Connecticut Brewers Guild, we are the leading trade association that oversees all of Connecticut's 125 Ooh. growing yep. that nice. number. But By the time this release, it could be 126, 127. That number, everybody's like, how many brewers are there? You know, we, we are always on that number. So we're at 125 nice. brewers uh, right now and uh, looking to open about six to eight this year awesome. um, and all of that. So our role as the trade association is to lobby and advocate for all of Connecticut's craft breweries to, to protect and promote the industry. So we do that through lobbying and advocacy at the state legislature with the governor's office and with all the state departments and agencies that we work with. 
as well as all the town officials as well. Um, everybody from, you know, fire marshals to the police to planning and zoning and Department of Public Health, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the dark then, side of the brewing industry that <laughs> nobody wants to talk about, right? So, yeah, and that's what I do on a daily yeah. basis. So, uh, you know, we... We, you know, the weekends when everybody comes to the tap rooms and they see these beautiful places and they have the great beer and enjoy it. There's so much work that goes behind that to allow that. Um, our association actually got its start in 2011 and 2012 when we passed the law to allow pints on site. So what? before 2012 in Connecticut, when you went to a brewery, you could just get it to go and that was it. Or you had to go to a package store or a bar restaurant. That's not even that long ago. Right. That's <laughs> 10 years. Yeah. This year. It's That's 10 crazy. years ago to think about that. And now at that time we had 11 breweries. We have 125. So in 10 years. In 10 years. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And we're not the only state that's done that and seen that growth. Uh, you know, we've been working with a lot of other states uh, and seeing that growth rate just project. Uh, and obviously the last two years have been extremely tough. Uh, we can talk a little bit about that if you want, yeah. um, you know, what we've seen in the industry. But our association, getting back to it and what we do, and I'll answer your question about why yeah. I fell in love with craft beer, <laughs> get to it. So, um, you know, when all these breweries were up and coming in 2015, 2016, we went from about 30 to 40 breweries, and it seemed like there was a brewery everywhere at that time. Uh, now there actually is. So <laughs> what it seemed like breweries are popping up left and right. Our board of directors and our brewers that are made up of industry members, Jobina is actually our treasurer. So I know you were with her a couple weeks ago and months ago. But um, in regards to that, uh, we our board said, there's so many people, we don't even know what's going on. We need somebody who need, is going to be more of getting our corral together. Our lobbying needs to be uh, strategic and, and planned. So they reached out, started doing some interviews. I was in nonprofit fundraising and management before working with the board of directors uh, for the Muscular Dystrophy Association, doing business development with them. Was there for about five years. And my coworker who became pregnant uh, was looking for part-time work and she found this job and she ran into my office, closed <laughs> the blinds, the doors locked it, said, you need to apply for this job. And I read the job description and it was the most glorious thing I've ever seen. It was- <laughs> That's so great. It was must love beer, protect the industry, help breweries. And I was just like, yes, 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 yes to everything. And I was like, I applied like immediately. I mean, like, and it's just been a dream job. Like you, if I had to create a job for myself and like something that you are like, this is what I do for a living, this is it. Yeah. Like, I, I can't believe in the position of what we've done. Um, I was a part-time marketing director, um, coordinator. We had a crappy logo, no website, no Instagram, like none of the things that we we had as a brand of a company. And so my first entire year was building that yeah. while also corralling all the breweries and saying, all right, this one just opened up in, you know, East Haven. This one just opened up in New Haven. You know, we had to corral everybody together, get everybody together, said, all right, what are the laws we want to look at? What are the things we want to look at? And so we started looking at direct-to-consumer sales. We looked at other states, uh, what they're doing, and following a lot of the larger ones like New York Mass, Texas, California, see what's going on in Colorado, you know, try to bring that to Connecticut. Uh, you know, we've been a state that's in between New York and Massachusetts for forever, yep. and people will just stop and grab gas and keep going. <laughs> yeah. So... How do casinos, we make, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> casinos, yeah, that are in the middle of nowhere. So right, nothing right, else right. Around there. <laughs> um, I love going to Joe Meaden's place. I'm like, cool, you're 20 minutes from the casinos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's, that's what we made Connecticut a destination. And that was our priority. So, um, cool. I want to, I do want to okay. know how you fell in love with craft I know. beer, yes. yeah, but I, I also want to get into other stuff. So like, yeah. How'd you fall in love with craft beer? Yeah. So I fell in love with craft beer. Um, when I was at my last nonprofit, I was bartending, uh, just make some extra cash. I loved it. Loved the industry, you know? Um, and I started working around a couple different bars and restaurants and, you know, Firefly was on tap and all these OGs were on tap. And I was just like, Oh, this is, this is good. <laughs> I'm like, this, this is made like 10 minutes down the road. Like, yeah, oh, this is really cool. I'm like, and I fell in the whole artistry of it and the, and the, the design that goes into it. I'm nowhere close to where I should be, but the scientific backgrounds of brewing and all the sciences behind that, I'm, I'm still learning. And it's something that I'm like, I go on on brew days. I'm like, teach me everything, you know, um, you know, I've been more of the, the lobbyists, the advocacy, the laws, I could tell you every single subsection of every law around Connecticut. But <laughs> now I'm trying to take that technical side into the brewing side now, um, and try to understand that a little bit more, but it was just you saw this in the restaurants from the, the farm to table kind of aspect hit, you know, 
20 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, and, and now it's that's still here. Kind of, it's still here. Okay, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's cool. And it's kind of transitioned in the, in the craft beer. And I just love that. I love knowing where your product's being made, the people behind it, um, and seeing the faces of the brewers and the, and the people who put it together in the tap rooms and you sit down and you have this beer and it's like, yeah, it's beer. It's beer. <laughs> yeah. It's beer. But you're seeing everything that goes into the building, yeah. everything that's going into the, the product that's in front of you, whatever it is, but this beer that, and I love beer. And you're seeing it is just it's so wholesome. It's it's so good to see. You just kind of take a step back sometimes, and you're just like, oh, a lot of labor of love went into this. Definitely. Yeah. So, and if I can do my job and and protect these businesses and help them grow, and other people get to enjoy their product, what's yeah. better than that? Where should the Connecticut Brewers Guild rank on a brewery that's opening? Right in like sense of priorities. Right, you're dealing with local government, you're dealing with the federal boards, you're dealing with cash flow and like maybe you're probably working a full-time job. So like, why, why do you matter? Why, why would, you know, if I was, you know, Matt's brewery in Hamden, Connecticut, why would I want to come and work with the Connecticut Brewers Guild? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, and when we have people that are aspiring to, to grow, um, the, one is the connections to the people who are doing it, right? You want to get in front of the Philip Markowski's of the world, right? You know, the people who are out there and writing the book on beer, you want to get in front of them. So we have phenomenal relationships with every single craft brewery in the state. So it's getting together as a community, getting together in, in, a, in a cohesive collaborative environment to talk about the beer or how do I open this tap room? I've helped so many breweries open up. I've even picked out logo designs, colors. I've helped them with, right now uh, we're in the middle of opening up New England Brewing Company in West Haven. So we work with the town who's never had a brewery in town on their specific language around manufacturing to allow that with significant retail sales in the city of West Haven. So working with the town to provide that language. So it's everything from the front of the house and actually growing and the resources that we have for brewing, but also with whether, do you need a builder? Who are you using for your POS? Do you have a glycol technician? Do you have an HVAC guy? Like all these different people are at our arsenal that we can say, hey, here are the people who have done it at this place. Do you, are you doing a garage door? Because I got a guy. Like <laughs> yeah. that's kind of the- the Garage doors, they're still in 2021. I didn't, yeah. 2022, Forever. I didn't think they were ever going to make a deal. I remember seeing like a brewery with a garage door. I was like, that's never going to work. Boom. It's it the always best. works. It works. It's great. Yeah. Have, have you been to back east yet? No, not yet. Two beautiful open doors that go to their uh, their patio in the back there. Yes. Where to go? Yeah. Done. But, sold. you know, we're, we're, we're helping, you know, the reason why you need to come to the guilds because we have a million and a half resources. We have the knowledge, we have the experience. And if, if I don't know it myself, I have our entire board of directors that are there, but also our entire industry to say, Hey, you're looking at doing something unique, whether it's a brewing style or something you want to install in your tap room, go to that person. Cool. All right. So we got to keep the lights on here, but I am curious about like some of the laws since 2011 were like, it took Connecticut from 11 breweries to 125. So sponsors, we'll listen to them. But you're going to come back to this, and it's going to be amazing. So take it away, sound guy, Ryan. Did you know that your favorite Massachusetts breweries use hops from a local family-owned hop farm right here in Massachusetts? Our friends over at Four Star Farms are there for you, whether you're a commercial brewery or a small batch home brewer. Make sure to head over to their website today and get your hands on some of the best and freshest hops available locally. Cheers. At our local homebrew shop, Beer and Wine Hobby, you can get everything you need to make beer, wine, cider, cheese, and more. Not sure where to start? They have knowledgeable staff there to help. Beer and Wine Hobby is family-owned and located in Danvers, Massachusetts. Visit their website, beer-wine.com, and use our promo code BRUITS for 10% off your online order today. Shirts on Tap is the box subscription service for craft beer lovers. Each month, Shirts on Tap partners up with seven different breweries from across the country and collaborates on a sweet custom shirt design. We've been teamed up with Shirts on Tap since the inception of the podcast and are proud to announce a new promo code for all of our listeners. To get your first shirt for $5 off, go to the link in our description below and use the promo code. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. So in 2011, you said 
breweries in Connecticut couldn't even serve a pint. Uh, what are some of the laws in between that has grown Connecticut's beer scene from 11 breweries to like 125? Yeah, so when we passed that law, that's pretty much what projected everyone to open. You know, they saw the ability that you can come to a tap room and enjoy it. Um, so that really started the, the trend. And of course, everything happened nationwide. So uh, since 2011, we've been working as a guild. We had a massive bill ha- uh, pass with flying colors, I think, you know, a 98% of, uh, you know, voting yes uh, on our SB 647, which was the largest bill since prohibition to Ooh. change Connecticut liquor laws. It was 80 plus pages of laws. Oh my God. <laughs> a lot of work that went into that. And our general law committee, I give them props for, for taking that on um, and, and going through that. But our guild was at the forefront of that. Uh, we had multiple conversations with them, sitting down with them, helping them re- draft the, le- the language, uh, going through that with other industries, including the Restaurant Association, Package Store Association, the Wholesalers Association, wineries, distilleries, cideries, et cetera. And we all sat in a big room at Thomas Hooker and went line by line and said, all right, this is all, everything we discussed, went through that big bill. But that bill modernized so many things. So we got the allowance to sell directly to consumers nine gallons of beer. So before that, it was only nine liters of beer. Wow. So being regional <laughs> folks yourself, you're familiar with Treehouse in Massachusetts and yep. yes. other states that don't have limits. We ranked as Connecticut 47th in the amount of beer that you can buy directly from the person making it. Like, <laughs> do you know who is uh, below you? Do you know who is below you? Rhode Island. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I believe Maryland was as well. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but Crazy. Rhode Island, they're still working hard yeah, on they that. Are. We, we're, yeah. helping, we're helping them. They used us saying, hey, look what Connecticut did, <laughs> you know, and, and hey, can we get some, get this increased? So just for instance, we were the only ones listing it in leaders. It just doesn't equate. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Leaders, yeah, like, it, yeah. Doesn't Why? Yeah. You want to talk about how outdated? Like, just, yeah, that's it's crazy. in the wrong metric. Like, <laughs> so we we got that nine liters, and again, that was nineteen sixteen ounce cans. So you had to break up a four pack, like things that just didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you know, growlers. We people had conversion sheets behind the bar. It was just insane. So um, we had that conversation. We we brought up cans to the to the public hearing. And said this is what it is. It's not even a full case. Uh, prove that. And that was the biggest thing that we passed, which is phenomenal. So uh, again, we were showing that other states, people are driving 30 minutes over the border of, into Massachusetts, yeah. getting a hand cart, right. buying five <laughs> cases of beer. <laughs> yeah. God only knows how much money. Right. Loading it on the car and driving into the state of Connecticut, distributing it between all their friends who were texting mm-hmm. them, hey, get me this. Yep. Me that, you know, right. And I'm like, this is happening 30 minutes over our borders, you know, and borders, but you know, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, still, this is happening. You're not supporting this can Connecticut. happen in Connecticut yeah. and everybody makes money in the, in the state and it's good. Yeah. Keep people here, bring people here. Right. Right. So we were able to do that. Uh, we also allowed the ability for, uh, people to get two beers, um, when they go up to the bar, something that we saw that people were just going up and getting one beer and they're like, oh, I'm getting, grabbing them for my friend, whatever little thing in there. But again, mm-hmm. it's just little antiquated date, uh, laws that we needed to pass. We also allowed for a seasonal open air beer permit. So, uh, breweries now can set up beer gardens in a park garden area in the city that they can set up, have a food truck on site, and they can actually serve beer yeah. outside of where their tap room is. Awesome. Uh, we saw that during COVID. Um, obviously, people were changing their anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They're throwing <laughs> anything <laughs> against the wall. Anything. Yeah. So we saw that ability, and that got passed through there. The other big thing uh, we passed was the Connecticut Craft Cafe permit, which allows uh, any alcohol uh, permit holder, uh, manufacturer permit, to sell anything else made in the state. So Connecticut cider, Connecticut wine, Connecticut spirits, yep. all on site. That's awesome. And when was that passed? 2019. Yeah. Okay. My question is, is where, obviously laws are, uh, I hate to say stolen, but like, you know, it's, uh, where did you find that law? Like in another state, what other states are doing that? So we actually saw that our liquor control and our uh, department of consumer protection had about 72 different types of permits for alcohol in the state. Oh so my God. taverns, cafes, <laughs> bowling alleys, and yeah. all these different places, anywhere you can find alcohol, there was a permit for, it. uh, we had five for breweries and there was no need for it. All of us were on a combo permit. So, uh, we actually consolidated those down to 30-ish, you know, 35, wow. 36 different types of permits. We made one manufacturer for beer. 
And then we took an a la carte style where breweries now can add on different permits based upon what the types of alcohol that they sell. So they could add on a Connecticut Craft Cafe permit, which is relatively cheap. It's an introductory one where they can sell any other thing made in the state of Connecticut. Then we also have a restaurant liquor permit that they can add on as well. That gives them the full bar experience. Mm. So we had those conversations with general law, just kind of looking at where breweries are and, um, you know, concerns that they had in regards to how much breweries are selling, you know, and when breweries are just off having a couple offerings for things. So we are continuing those conversations into this legislature to be able to tweak those and allow those to have a little bit more allowances for breweries, uh, lower the type of food permits that are really required for breweries to have for a restaurant, you know, not having the full kitchen experience, things like that. So we're continuing to have that conversation and update that. Um, which is why we need to be at the forefront of the Capitol and the legislature to be able to have those conversations and say, hey, all right, this is, especially during COVID, this is what we learn. This is kind of what we're seeing. Let's take a look at this. Let's tweak that, do something there. Yeah. So in 2019, how did you convince them to be like, we can serve other products? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we had the the full bar uh, kind of experience before, but we wanted to make it, you know, uh, Connecticut centric. So yeah. that's why the, the permit price is so low. Gotcha. So I'll be able to sell that. Um, and again, in the state, we have about 10 or 12 different cideries. We have about 45 different wineries. Oh, wow. So uh, people are out there and we want to be able to to have our beer at those places as well. So mm-hmm. if you go to a winery, go to a cidery, pick up a local beer as well. Um, th- we're seeing, obviously, when people go and visit breweries, someone in the group is like, oh, I'm a wine drinker. Or I'm a cider right, drinker. Right. I don't really drink beer. You know? Yeah. We'll get them there. Don't worry. But- <laughs> You know, there's always that person, but there's there's the inverse when people visit wineries. They're like, oh, I'm not really a wine drinker, or I don't really drink Connecticut wine, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> want to have a good IPA. <laughs> so, sure, sure. Something that we looked at to be able to support everyone, where no matter where you're going in the state of Connecticut, at these local places, you can at least have something available to you. Yeah. So now, but like in the court side of things, like how did you convince? Yeah, with you know, like money projections. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely money projections, fiscal notes to that as mm-hmm. well, proving how much of those sales would be coming back and how much those are, you know, whether it's excise tax or how much of the sales are going back into the breweries that are ultimately helping them grow. Uh, we had to have uh, meetings, obviously, with the distributors, with the wholesalers, with our retailers, bars and restaurants as well. So we had this big beer summit, got all the people together up at HDI in Hartford, all sat down in their building. It was like 50 people there. Oh, and we all said, hey, we want to sell more beer. Yeah in the end and had to prove to them that ultimately when breweries make more money, they're going to reinvest that. We saw that in three different areas. They're going to add more jobs, going to add more manufacturing, and they're going to start distributing more. With that means that distributors are ultimately brewers are going to get to the point of signing up with their distributor quicker. Mm-hmm. Usually we were seeing around a four to five year turnaround time until somebody starts distributing themselves or with a wholesaler. And we knew, and we kind of saw projections that that would kind of come in on the three year mark. Yeah. Massachusetts, we know there's a lot of people fighting against distributors. I'm not trying to get in any slippery slopes, but sometimes you are locked into a, a deal that's not great for a brewery. Um, is that something that Connecticut's fighting for? Yeah, that's a that's a long-term goal of the Connecticut Brewers Guild um, and our breweries is franchise law reform. Massachusetts just passed it. Yeah. So, so happy yeah. for, for them <laughs> and Katie. And I'm like, yeah. Hey, look at, look at this. Yeah, Isn't look, that look cool, at what, you guys? Look at what Mass is doing. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, you know, we're kind of a state that's playing catch up a lot. So, you know, something that Maine um, did as well in New York as well. There's examples not only in the Northeast, but across the country that we're using. Uh, we're seeing some franchise law reforms have specific barrel caps and percentage of portfolio caps. So we're taking a look at that of where we are in Connecticut um, and also where our distributors are on their end to say, hey, I would hate for a distributor to lose 40% of the business, you know, or whatever number. Um, so we're looking at if you're under a certain percent cap, whether that be three, five, somewhere in between that or higher, yeah. something that uh, we are looking at here in the state. So that's a long-term goal. Um, also in the legislature, we passed the ability for breweries to actually have, and all alcohol manufacturers to have multiple manufacturing permits. So that was our big bill in 2019 that we passed. One of the stipulations in that was allowing the breweries to add on a manufacturer wine permit. They want to get into Uh, the spirit business. They can go into that. They want to make cider. They can do that. So now any permit holder can add on a permit. Before it was, you had to have a find a business partner, a different permittee name. You had to have it in a different building with a firewall in between, at least separating it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of money that goes into it when it's all on the same facility. So due to local zoning, things like that, you can have it. Um, There's been 
a couple breweries that are adding those different types. So Two Roads is now adding their spirit side of their of their business yep. as well, and making cocktails. Um, Reverie over in uh, and Newtown just added uh, cider, so now they're producing awesome. cider. Uh, so we're seeing that as well. And I'm very excited. We haven't really seen much of it, but I'm excited in the future, hopefully, if wineries and cideries and distilleries kind of get in the beer business, mm. kind of seeing that influx in yeah. the universe yeah. as well. Definitely. We've been seeing it. I know we, you were just saying we talked to Al of Fire from the Tree, and he wanted to get more into wine. So it's something like that. It'd be really cool to see cider and wine more together. And yeah, it's a cool idea. Yeah. And, and in the across the industry, you know, you're seeing these blurred lines of products and RTP, right. you're ready to drink Definitely. cocktails and all these different things that are kind of becoming very blurred. Um, and so we're, we want to be able to produce those products ourselves and Definitely. keep that in-house. Yeah. Uh, who, let's talk numbers for a little bit. Who's producing the most liquid in the state? Uh, two roads. Yeah, I, I figured. Obviously. Um, <laughs> do you know what the smallest brewery is? Uh, our smallest brewery is... A few, I, mean, I would say we do have a handful of breweries that make less than like 300 barrels a year. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Those breweries that brew less than 300 barrels a year, right? They now have that option if they choose to use that uh, Connecticut permit. Correct. To bring in other people's lines, you know. So if you're not being, a, you're not able to, you know, produce more beer because it's really a side project for you or you know whatever. Yeah. You have that option to have someone else's product come in and, and really enjoy it. So. Why aren't other states looking into this law? I'm sure they are. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, uh, the, the the biggest opposition to that is obviously our bars and restaurants. Yeah, I was going to, yeah. Um, who obviously are struggling, you know, and we are struggling as much, yeah, you know. Right. Uh, so when when you have bars and restaurants, they can, you know, the, the thing that we have conversations with uh, with the legislature is they, they could buy anything from any any producer in the world. They could have Belgian beers that they want. Stri- yeah. Stri- like strictly Belgian beers that they want. They could choose whatever they want. We don't have that option. We make it ourselves. So we create products and things like that. So we just want to be able to have some offerings. Uh, so whether, and we want to help each other. We're such a collaborative environment. I think sometimes that is not really known as much as, you know, when mm-hmm. it's funny, we always said this, you know, uh, you know, if a, a bar's ice machine breaks down, you know, they go next door, hey, I need ice. No. 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 <laughs> Yeah, uh, we have a Facebook page and we have a membership portal that people go, go on to, and they're like, "Hey, I have twenty pounds of Cascade. Anybody wants it? It's five requests." You know, right, people are right. constantly sharing ingredients, constantly sharing ideas, collaborative, um, and I think that's just still something that needs to be. Commun- we are communicating as much as can as we can, but you know, it just needs to be a little bit more understood that we are such a collaborative environment. We want to be able to say, "Hey, you're making such a great product. I want to put it on my on my tap. Share it with the world." Yeah, uh, especially with how many breweries are opening up. Uh, you know. It's you gotta have the insider knowledge of who's opening up, what beer is good, you know, things like that. Yeah. If you're across state lines, be like, hey, they're only a half hour down the road. It's not that far. You gotta go visit them. I'm uh, constantly having the, that tourism that we're seeing as well. Yeah. How does the Brewers Guild make money? So we make money through uh, fundraising. Uh, so we have uh, beer festivals. Yep. Uh, so we have our uh, festival coming up next month, actually, March 26th at the Oakdale Theater. It is by far our largest fundraiser, uh, something that I'm very excited to bring back. We would have been on our fifth, fifth year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we had a postpone in 2020, unfortunately. We were 10 days away from having our event. Oh, 10 days away and you had a postpone? Yeah, that was... <laughs> Ouch. I'm not bitter at all. No, yeah, no, yeah, don't yeah. be. Yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm not still having nightmares about it. No. Yeah. And then uh, last year you didn't have one either, right? We did have one you last did. year. Okay. We postponed okay. our March awesome. 25th one or whatever it was in 2020 to four or five different dates. And we ultimately had it on <laughs> October 9th at Thorktail. So yeah. uh, it seems like it was only a few months ago and it is. So we're excited to bring it back. That's awesome. Get everybody out there. But uh, we have about 2,500 people that come out, 60 breweries. We're bringing in 20 different vendors, have a little bit of a marketplace Ooh, as well. Love it. Uh, it's all run by the guild. Me. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And, uh, cool. <laughs> yeah. With our, with uh, conjunction with board of directors and, and all that. So it's a great showcase. Beer festivals are the best way. Um, and then we, we also participate in other events um, around the state. So we, we have a really exciting event happening at Lime Rock Park uh, at the racetrack up there in May. We also have uh, a peach festival that we do at Lime and Orchards in Ooh. August. Uh, so, and we're partnering with a couple of other people to, to put on beer festivals around. Uh, and then membership. So we're a 501c6 organization. Breweries do pay membership to be part of our organization. And then we have allied and associate members. Yep. So like I said, those those call technicians and right. kind of that business development side. Um, 
I don't want to say Chamber of Commerce like, yeah. but you know, kind of yeah, like yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And you uh, have a uh, sorry, a CT Beer Week, I assume as well. Yeah, uh, we actually have a whole month. Oh, I love what? that. So, uh, awesome. We the governor uh, in 2020 signed uh, a, a peti- you know signed a letter saying that con- September is Connecticut Craft Beer Month. Yes. So oh, wow. it's higher month. That's awesome. Uh, so we are working on uh, getting some really cool deals and and uh, offers and all of that for the entire month. Uh, we're are we are looking at doing a pint week as well. Yep. So one week during the week, we'll be able to go out to breweries and and buy specific cool glassware yeah um come out for it and uh and all of that and have that for the week which is really cool so love it yeah so a couple weeks ago there there was a uh little beer summit between the new england states and connecticut and new york right uh yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, we're gonna get into that yeah first (laughs) we got some sponsorships so take it away sound guy ryan are you a solo artist band podcaster or anyone else who needs recording services well, we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality. Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians. Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information. And make sure you let them know that Brut sent you. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. So let's talk about this beer summit. Uh, Katie from the Mass Beer Guild, Mass Brewers Guild, Mass Beer Guild, Mass Brewers Guild. Uh, she shared it on her Facebook, so we saw it. And what what is a like a New England and New York beer summit kind of talk about? Yeah, so we were up in uh, in New Hampshire uh, a couple months ago, and uh, with all the New England State Guild directors. Uh, so myself, uh, Paul from New York, Katie from Mass. Uh, we have Melissa from Vermont, CJ from New Hampshire, and Sean from Maine. Great so. job. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. You remember all their names? Oh, I don't yeah, even we're, know. We're best friends. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Do you guys have a group chat? <laughs> oh, yeah. Does we anyone have not have an iPhone and there's a green message? Yeah, of course. Oh, God. So, yeah. Kick them out. I don't know who it is. <laughs> is it no, you? No, it's, it's not. not. <laughs> <laughs> I got to look back on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we also have a Slack channel with all the other state guild directors in the love entire it. country. What, yeah, really? So, yeah. Whoa. Um, so, we are we are part of the Brewers Association. So, the Brewers Association, our national one, working on federal issues that we are also working on with our congressional leaders, but, uh, we get together, uh, as a, as a, as a group, um, and as association of brewers guilds and get together at CBC, GABF, uh, we have uh, a hill climb happening in June. So we'll all go down to DC, meet with our congressional leaders about the federal issues that are going on to collect their co-sponsorships and support of any, uh, any grants or any, uh, bills that are being passed through Congress. And so we are constantly communicating with one another about what's going on. Uh, we're sharing resources. Like I said, if it's knowing that we're the 47th state in consumer <laughs> sales, you know, I need all that data from everybody else. So um, Bart Watson is our chief economist at the BA who's done a phenomenal job collecting and surveying all of the guilds, letting us and sharing that information with all of us about what's going on, where are the numbers with everybody, where do we rank as a state um, in terms of production or jobs or economic impact um, and what else is going on. Uh, we also have our general counsel and our, our government affairs teams that keep us updated about anything they have going on. So Mark and Katie are phenomenal at that. And we're adding a couple staff to that as well, which is phenomenal. But we all got together and, you know, most of us are, are one staff operations with yep. board of directors. And um, I think, yeah, uh, Vermont has two and Ooh. New York has four. What? And we're like, what? That's yeah. crazy. So, you know, <laughs> we just got together and we were like, how you doing? Yeah. And, you know, we're all like, oh. it was like a therapy section. It was. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, CJ, the director of New Hampshire, and I put the agenda together and we were like, let's leave like 30 minutes in the first 9 to 9.30 is going to be just vent. Yeah. Know, tell me how you're feeling. Yeah. yeah I love know. that. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Uh, you know, how are you feeling? Yeah, I, I feel <laughs> a lot better after that okay. meeting. That's uh, good. No, it was, you know, 
as a, as a staff of one, you know, uh, we have our board of directors and obviously communication with all the breweries and stuff like that. Most of our conversations are like, how are you doing? How's your tap room? What can we do about the six foot distancing rules and the curfews and things like that? Um, and then it was able to actually really feel good talking with them saying, how are you feeling as a director? You know, um, there was an article, uh, posted about a couple other in the Midwest. There was a couple of directors that got interviewed and it was just like, you all need to buy your director a pint. Like, yeah, right. No, seriously. You know, right? We were just working <laughs> for the last two years to keep these businesses open, um, keep our breweries in what, whether it's drive-throughs, curbside pickup, like whatever it was, yeah. we were like, we need to do it. So we were all just kind of talking about fundraising ideas, you know, picked up some phenomenal resources from them in terms of, you know, whether it's bylaw changes, code of conducts, or it would be any partnerships that are happening, sharing resources and just talking all together about, you know, what people are doing, yep. you know, and, and it was just, it's good to talk to your peers. Um, you know, it's good to talk to, uh, leaders in the, in the, around the country that are doing good things and for their States and pulling some ideas and, and all of that. So it's really, really good to get together with them all the time. Yeah, definitely. A lot of States individually do beer passports. Yeah. Um, is there any talk of like a New England passport? I mean, this area, I, I, people say like regions, right? Like, you know, uh, Connecticut, Colorado, Portland, Oregon, like our region, in my opinion, has the best beer scene, right? You can go Agreed. to a number of states and get so many different world-class styles of beer. Um, but it seems like we are... We don't really work together. Yeah. It you seems know, like it's, of... you know, six, seven different mm. different states. And it is, right? But it's not like... It's never considered like the New England region, right? It's like uh, Portland, Maine. Boston. We got to go to Allagash. We got to go to yeah. Bissell, right? Uh, Massachusetts. We got to go to Trios. We got to go to Trillium, right? It's like those are great breweries. Don't get me wrong. We've interviewed most of those people that we just mentioned, but there's so many breweries in between that aren't getting the national acknowledgement. That but still is. making amazing beer. And is it yeah. because we're not treating this area as a region and we're treating it as an individual state? Yeah, there, there definitely is some truth to that. I, uh, you know, all of, I think most of the New England guilds have their own passport program with the same one that we have with the same yeah. development. Oh, yours is so much better, I have to say. Thank you. The Massachusetts? It changes colors when you've been to the brewery. Oh, that's a cool I feature. I love it. <laughs> It's like the only thing. It's like, it's yeah. so great. Little things. We, it is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we have, uh, we work, we were kind of on the newer version of that. Clearly, app, so, clearly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, and they're still working to, to update that and things yeah. like that. Um, there's just so much information that I saw. I was like, we just need to keep a passport. Yeah. Check in. Yeah. Stamp your, you know, stamp your passport. Keep it simple. Know who it is. Directions to it. You know, yeah. save a trail. All right, that, right. So. Uh, to, your, to your point there, I think absolutely, you know, when I go to Portland, Maine, I text Sean. I'm like, hey, Sean, where am I going? You know, I'm coming up for two days. Got, you know, eight breweries. Where am I going? So, and he'll send me the list. And most of that, they're they're most of the the inner work. You yeah. know, the the medium breweries that are out there, the ones that are that are not really that that popular, well known nationally yet. Um, but we're I do the same. really lucky in that. Not to interrupt you, but we're really lucky in that respect. Like we could text, you know, so on and so forth to to, to say that. But yeah, what's bringing people to those areas is those more known ones. So how do we get those? Lesser ones known to the people that. Yeah, I think uh, I think honestly, it's through our passports, through the guilds. Um, I mean, there are so many other people that are promoting beer in other states too, um, and it's just being involved in the industry, right? And I think that what I always do, and I, I I was found myself doing this before I was even in my position, was when I was at those larger name breweries, I would ask the bartender, I'm like, all right, where do I go grab yeah. food? Where do I go grab yeah. coffee? Where am I going to go grab my next beer? And they're like, oh, you have to go here, yep. ask for Kate, you know, yeah. get it. You know, they're giving the information. I have no problem doing that. Something that I don't really see in other industries. You know, when I go to a brewery, I'm like, hey, and they're like, they have no problem telling me the three people right. I could have gone to and spend my money. Competition. Like, yeah, in sense. Exactly. yeah. It's yeah. the same thing. How many interviews have we gotten off of the piggybacking on another interview or something? Right. Like that? It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's all just part of that understanding and that collaboration and that cohesive industry that, that I believe that we have and, and something that I don't see in other, in other industries. Absolutely. Do you guys have any plans though for any kind of New England passport thing? Yeah, we've been, uh, we've been talking, <laughs> just trying to come up with ideas. We had a few going into 2020 of like, Hey, Hey, how can we do, you know, Sean from Maine has this, this huge beer truck mm, and we're all yep. like, Oh, let's do this massive event. We'll all, yeah. you know, bring beer up and take three of the taps, uh, we're still talking that still out. Working on that. Still yep. working on that. 
Uh, GABF was one of the biggest things that we had going, which was great. Uh, there's some construction going on at the Colorado Convention Center, but if you're not familiar with the GA, Great American Beer Festival, uh, there was a section at the event that was State Guilds. So we all went out and we brought like eight beers for the whole weekend, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we were all at the Colorado Convention Center nice. and, and giving awesome. beer out. And we're all next one. Yeah, together. yeah. Uh, I remember my first year going out, I set up, I brought Fuzzy Baby Ducks from, from Nebco, which such a popular beer in Connecticut. People were waiting three hours outside. Oh my God. <laughs> they were only releasing it twice a year. So yeah. It had this really cool. That's huge. And, and the can design, if you haven't seen it, is like a unicorn farting a rainbow. Oh my God. <laughs> it has this fuzzy <laughs> baby duck like riding. It's just like yeah. this whole colorful <laughs> rainbow can. Um, you know, and we're all in alphabetical order in the in convention center. I'm, of course, next to Colorado, right? Yeah. Heavy hitters. You know, you got Colorado beer. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I had a line of 30 people. Like, Dang. Coming up and I like, I was like. Like, what, what up, Colorado? Like, yeah. Look to my, you know, I look at my Colorado as like one person. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everybody's coming up. They're like, oh, can I have that like unicorn rainbow? Like, yeah. the, the names that people are throwing. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, after a beer festival, you're, you're having a couple samples. People are like, I need that fart beer. And all, like, yeah, all these yeah. things, right? I'm like, fuzzy baby ducks. Take a picture. Tag Nepco. Like, yeah, right, you right. Know, just going. And, and I just kept slinging this. this That's fuzzy awesome. Baby ducks. That's phenomenal. So funny. But yeah, that, it, getting back to it, you know, something that we're looking at maybe as a region, getting together as New England Guilds to be able to say, break, hey, we can bring five, six, seven yeah. beers to a place. Yeah. Um, I want it in Connecticut, obviously. So <laughs> still working on that, yeah. you know? I mean, you're kind of far south. Yeah. Massachusetts is kind of in the middle. Like, I Connecticut. Just, eh, it's not that far. I don't know. It's not that far. <laughs> I'd love it. We'll any, fight I'd later. love it anywhere in New England, so I don't have to travel <laughs> that far. But uh, what's the leading... Uh, Beer style in, in Connecticut? Uh, it's definitely New England. Still, okay. yeah, yeah, still still reigning supreme here. Uh, I think, to be honest, even myself, I, I found a, a little a little dry on them lately. I, mm. I'm just, myself, I, I'm yeah. just not going for them anymore. I've been, you were talking about Miller Highlights before. I'll tell <laughs> you a story about that. But I think people are kind of going to the brewer's beers now, the light lagers. We've been noticing pills. that too. Yeah, I kind of see that trend. I don't think it will outsell New England IPAs in the next few years, but I think it's making its way out there. Um, breweries love brewing it and they'll put it on. You know, people love coming to it, but I yeah. think that we're looking for that next kind of style. Yeah. Um, so I think people, especially with how many breweries there are, you're, you're visiting two, three, you maybe four cleanser. breweries, you do. <laughs> and, you know, if you're having a couple of beers, you want to be responsible, of course, you know, so if you're on the beach, you know, you want to have these, these kind of lighter styles to be able to, to try more, have a flight, you know, you're not feeling so bloated or, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of these New England IPAs can be 8%, you know, you're hitting their full meals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's yeah. funny. We did have a New England style IPA this morning at 8 a.m. Yeah. Lovely. 8%. Yeah, 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 it was 8%. Uh, I only uh, drank uh, half of it. <laughs> so it was only 4%, right? It was basically yeah, a salad. Yeah, that's, that's how that works. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's basically a salad, right? Yeah, so. yeah just a salad. <laughs> yeah, so when we uh, we were at CBC in Nashville a couple of years ago, and uh, we were at Tootsie's, if you're familiar with with Broadway and, and Nashville, and, uh, you know, there's 13,000 you know, brewery owners, operators, and taproom staff running around Nashville, you know, for CBC. And we go to Tootsie's, this rooftop bar, and we, we go up top, and I go to the bar, I'm like, give me your New England IPA, you know, and I get this 8% beer, and I, I, walk, you know, I walk over to the group, and I look down, and the whole table's filled with these Miller highlights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like... I'm like, no, the devil. <laughs> what have I done? Like, no. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's macro. Like, you know, and I'm just like, no. And they're all like, I've had 12 of these. And I yeah. drive a forklift. I'm yeah. Like, ah. Yeah. Makes sense. And yeah. I'm chugging this like 8% IPA and like hot Nashville during the summer. I'm like, ah. This Feeling makes, that. This makes sense. Yep. <laughs> I, like, I have a lot to learn. So, but, you know, it's just funny looking back on that. I'm just like, you know, we that people just respect other people's brews and, you know, we'll always try anything. The, the style of people are, are all over the place for, yeah. on the brewery side. Yeah. I really think what Connecticut's doing is awesome. Killing uh, it. Implore. I know Katie listens. Katie, I know you're probably fighting for <laughs> gets, this. You got a million other things going on. So <laughs> don't worry. We're really kidding. But um, I just can see the benefit of that. Um, I'm going to butcher the name of it now, but, you know, where you can serve the other cafe, people. The Connecticut cafe. The Connecticut cafe. Right, right? Connecticut craft cafe. Erica was listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we need a Massachusetts craft cafe. 
Um, I think that really will push a lot of breweries in the direction that we need, especially during COVID right now. Um, why not make it more inclusive? Yeah. So, yeah, one of the things that we have in the Connecticut Craft Cafe is the 20% thresh, uh, sales threshold. So you can't sell more of other people's products. More than yours. More than, right. you know, yeah. more than yours. Obviously, the focus is going to be on yours. Um, and I don't think anybody's close to that, to be honest. I think a lot of people are just, you know, in the- in, Where we've seen it's like options. one or two tap lines and a couple bottles of liquor. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's options. It's, yeah. you know, and obviously it's produce, you know, you know, promoting local, you know, it's somebody who's made up right here in the States. So it's options for people when you're visiting. Here's a cider, you know, here's a wine or here's, a, you know, a liquor to keep you, keep you happy, keep the group there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So we're in New Haven right now, physically. We always ask our guests when we go abroad, best bar, best dive bar. We're in New Haven, so we're going to ask the best pizza. I know you already said it. Did you say it on the intro? He did. He said it on the intro? Yeah. We can go back. Sally's a modern. Yeah. yeah we can. All right. That's fine. <laughs> uh, best place to get a steak. And uh, I don't know. Or steak or hamburger? Should we do steak or hamburger? Hamburgers. Hamburger. Best place to get a hamburger. All right. Yeah. Your eyes lit up. And, uh, <laughs> best craft cocktail bar. Ooh, wow. All right. So a couple options here. We'll start with, uh, start with pizza. Yeah. Just throw it out again. Yeah, All right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a, I'm a modern Sally's and bar. So bar is actually mm. a brewery. Yeah. Well, yeah. So uh, a little homage to my heart. Uh, I went to Quinnipiac right up the road. Just never really left Connecticut. Yep. They have my, they have my soul now. <laughs> um, and, uh, and bar was the place you went to on Saturday nights and, and you would always leave with mashed potato bacon pizza. Yeah. So I saw that on the menu. Yeah. And it, it was, I just remember sometimes remember, but you know, you're all, you're, you're in the shuttle back to, to Quinnipiac with the mashed potato bacon pizza and just, Classic. so that always holds a little, little place in my heart, but, but moderns and Sally's have, have been great. They're, they're phenomenal. Um, burger, um, hmm. You have to go to Louis lunch, you know, and that's the thing is that if you are not from the area or you're not familiar with Louis, you got to go to Louis. We're going to Louis. We're done. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Got to have Louis. It's just a staple. It's just something you have to do. I'm going to do not ask for ketchup. You will get thrown out. Okay. Thank you. I love those type of places. I like like ketchup, so I won't ask for that. I saved saved your life. Yeah, yeah, that is a thing. You do not ask. I got to, yeah. Noted. I grew up in New Jersey, so pizza has been a very big topic for me. Half my life I've been used to New Jersey, New York pizza, and now I have Connecticut pizza. Which one's better? I'm still torn. It's two, in my my opinion, my, my honest opinion, they're two very different types of pizza. When you have New Jersey, New York pizza, it's the foldable, it's a larger crust. And what we have in New Jersey is like brick oven. And that's what reminds me of New Haven pizza. Yeah, New yeah Haven pizza, it's, it's very got that, similar. The char crust. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, I love it. It's just a different type of yeah, it's different. pizza to me, yeah. you know? Okay. Um, so I can't, I can't, I can't yeah. choose. It's like choosing your favorite brewery. Yeah. I won't ask you that. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like. Appreciate that. Yeah. yeah it's probably not <laughs> very good them. for him to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Honestly. What's your least favorite? No, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Even better. Yeah. And then a craft cocktail. Yeah. Craft cocktail. Ooh. Uh, dive bar too. You said that. Don't let me forget. Yeah. That, yeah. Craft cocktail. Um, hmm. You have to go to, I like Elm City Social. Okay. And what's their drink of like choice for you? Um, they actually have a duck drink. You get a little, oh, they a little have a duck, drink. Dick, Good. duck in it. Good. Um, <laughs> I'm more of an old fashioned nice. uh, kind of, so what I like to do is I go to Elm City Social and then I pop next door to Owl Shop and uh, Cigar Lounge. So mm, I have a scar and nice. then I just go with my Manhattans and old fashioned. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of go down the bourbon list and things. Solid yeah. time. And dive bar. Yeah, uh, Dive Bar Three Sheets, I would say. Three Sheets? They have a phenomenal crappier list, too. Ooh. One of the more, more underrated places that I would say nice. for, you wouldn't really look to All them right. as, a, as right. a, they have a great tap list. Uh, we also, uh, I'm a little partial, we've done a lot of events over there. So we worked with uh, 16 Ounce Canvas and did uh, some art shows cool. uh, for more of our creative label designs and things like that with our brewers yeah. out there. So. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And last question for Ooh. me. Yeah. Your opinion on smoked beers. Smoked beers. Ooh, I like them. Okay. I will have one. Uh, I, again. This is a very political answer. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> I, I like them. I, uh, listen, I've had good ones and I've also had horrible ones. I think that it needs to be more of a subtle uh, smoke flavor to it. If it's just going to punch you in the face, leave you with a dry mouth, um, I'm going to pass on it. You kind of still need that, that, that. I like maltiness. drinking straight wood. Yeah. <laughs> just- <laughs> 
Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he does. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. One of the first craft beer bars I worked in, uh, we actually would smoke some Jack Daniels barrels and, and do some cocktails with that. Oh, and fun. I would just love to see if we could do that with with beer too. Yeah. Uh, that's mm. kind of, I like the, the aroma more and of the actual feel, mouthfeel yeah. of, of, you like the premise of it. It's yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, when it comes up to your nose and your mouth and you start, you know, taking it in, that's more of a, I want that, that to come in. I don't yeah. want to be tasting nice. straight burn in the back end. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Right. I love it. Erica, you got anything more? No, this is so beautiful. I loved it. So let me ask you, I got questions for you. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. What's your What's your favorite beer? Oh God! What's yeah. my favorite beer? Yeah, like ever style. style. Okay, style. style. We style. we can work with style. Yeah. Uh, I have to say Kolsch, and the yeah. only reason is because of the Schnitt style glassware is the perfect vessel for beer, in my opinion, because it's, it's small. It's perfect, and it just tastes good. Kolsch is great. I we advocate for summer of Kolsch like every summer. So got it's it. Like got it. Probably so culture. it's more for the glassware for you. Yeah. At least I mean, for like, that one. It's the whole experience, like, right? Yeah. We've, yeah. Experience. Yeah. we've yeah. gone to Kolsch nights before and they yeah. serve it like very like traditional where you get a Kolsch, you just put a notch on yeah. your drink and it's yeah, just a great experience. But yeah, the glassware is great. I mean, like I have a couple of the schnitzels and I'm like, perfect. It's half a can, <laughs> eight ounces. It's great. You know, yeah. it's probably not eight ounces. I apologize, but I don't know what it really is, but it's yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> but that's for me, right? Um, all of them oh, <laughs> are not oh. pastry stouts because those are gross. <laughs> um, and any, I don't know, I'm trying to think any sour that tries to get cute, you know, when they start putting yeah. like other things in there, got it. changing the texture <laughs> of it. Yeah. We were talking about yeah, that. Yeah. Like not a fan. Ones. Yeah. yeah like it. the slushy stuff or like, it tastes like a milkshake, like texture. It's weird. Yeah. It. So the smoothie. Yeah. Yeah. The smoothies. smoothies that, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Not a fan of those. No. There are millions of, but people I would say lager <laughs> pill, like lager pilsners is what I like to gravitate towards. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. I like a great black lager. Or anything like yeah. that. I love like the mix of like the roastiness where it's not overpowering, but it's still really a light beer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been I've been digging those lately. Yeah. Uh, right up the road, East Rock Brewing. Definitely Ugh, have to go they've there. They've been on my list yes. and they're not open today. I know. They typically God. will have like a black lager <laughs> yeah. or mm. something comparable to mm -hmm. it. So we'll Next have to time. get you over there. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. What's yours? I'm into hoppy lagers. Okay. Ooh, Ooh. also a great choice. Yeah. Yeah. Based on your comment, yeah. it was the the kind of combo of best right, of worlds. You know, right. It's still got that that lager feel to yeah. it. It's mm -hmm. still got that, but I'm still getting some happiness. Yeah. A little bit of, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit of cake. Are we calling those cold IPAs yet? Or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we have Sylvaticus right near us that yeah. have been doing those hoppy lagers. Those are really nice. Yeah, they are. Best of both worlds. Yeah, they're and they're usually around that 4 to 5%. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Very a couple yeah. of those. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that's the style I've been going for. Love it. I'm sure many of our listeners are listening to this episode in their car right now wishing they could have one of these beers, but we're actually going to have one of those beers after this episode. So <laughs> drive safe, have a great day at work, and we'll see you guys <laughs> <Goodbye>. next week. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.